Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Brad Harbison, and my guest today is Eric Critter McCool. And Eric is the president of McCool Wildlife Control and Bee Extractions. And PCT profiled Eric in our upcoming May issue. And Eric's one of the world's leading bee extraction experts. And in the following podcast, we'll learn more about Eric's company and also some of the finer points of bee extraction. Eric, thanks for joining me this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, sir. Eric, uh, and, and talking to folks in this industry, you know, one of the observations is that, you know, not a lot of people grow up with a goal of being in pest control. But I think one of the things that's interesting about you is that you actually have, you really did want to be a pest control operator for a long time. Talk about how you got into pest control. Um, I actually uh, started when I was age of 12, and uh, I started hand catching animals and, and messing around with bees and, and so forth. Um, age 14, I started making money. And at it, 16, uh, I started my company and uh, never looked back. And I am probably one of the only guys in the industry that can truly say this is the only thing I've ever, ever done. And uh, being the B guy, I never thought I would be at this point in my career um, as well. So I'm a very blessed guy. But, yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, for real um, scenario, I guess. I never dreamt of, of being in the industry um, my entire life, almost 30 years of this, and uh, it's it's just amazing ride so far. Yeah, and you, you mentioned it kind of briefly there, but when you when you did launch your company, can you talk a little bit about the the startup days and and how you've kind of grown it and and what your business looks like today? Yeah, um, actually, I, I started out very uh, very rough, um, as a lot of guys do, um, struggling and, and and so forth. Um, I started hand catching animals for for um, ice cream sandwiches, and uh, then I start. I actually purchased the car, um, and I didn't even wasn't even old enough to to go and uh, have a driver's license. So I actually owned the car. I paid friends and family to drive me around to my job sites. So I would actually go to the job site, get dropped off. When I was done with that job, I would have to call them. To come pick me back up and so uh, each year I added a new service um, so I had a whole year to perfect that service um, if you want to say so I didn't get overwhelmed trying to provide all these um, services so uh, I took a year to to learn each service and uh, you know it just all fell into place over the years and how did you get into bee extraction work <clears throat> Um, you know, as most people know, I started in the, in the wildlife control industry. Um, I started doing little bees here and there. Um, I actually became a beekeeper while performing um, wildlife control services, and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't have time to be a beekeeper um, and a wildlife control operator just because I was overwhelmed. So um, I seen that there was actually a need for um, bee extraction. And bee extraction is one of the first documented bee extractions there was, was in the 1850s. And uh, I want to, so I started reading up on it about the Egyptians and uh, biblical times and stuff uh, about bees. And so I really got intrigued on that, started doing some removals and some extractions and uh, decided that this is what I wanted to do. And this is, this is kind of my, uh, my skill given by God, and I just had to perfect it. 
Yeah. And then, you know, kind of going from those early experiences to where you are today, what have you learned about this line of work and how have you sort of refined your procedures as to how you do it? Um, I mean, technology has played a really large part, and especially in the bee extraction field. Uh, We use all the 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 state-of-the-art equipment now, thermal imaging, sound. Um, You know, I have a lot of background classes and education that people don't realize, uh, home inspector uh, background, contractor background. I was a fireman for 20 years. So um, all of those things... Uh, play in the part when you're doing bee extraction. You really got to know um, the construction of the home, um, all types of home, because I, tr- I service um, anywhere I get a call. So um, you really got to know the construction of your, your, your homes and your structures in your area, plumbing, heating, electrical, structural beams, and, and so forth. So um, technology has really greatly reduced the time and uh, you can provide a much better quality service um, to the client for a, a fair price. How has bee work benefited your company as a whole? In other words, have you been able to to get general pest control business from, po- from folks who've hired you or know about you because of your bee work? Yeah, um, what I've realized is when you're in the wildlife control industry, you get a lot of referrals from the pest control companies. And then vice versa, if you're in the, in the pest control industry, um, you get a lot of referrals from the, the wildlife control industry. So where I am at now is I actually got get a lot of work from, from both in, industries. Um, you don't see a lot of people performing extractions and why. That's one of the reasons I do a lot of training consulting of, of other companies across the United States is because I want to make that not an option. I want to make that the service. Um, I want to educate as many people as I can on how to do a bee extraction correctly. Um, a lot of times people would just hire a common beekeeper to come in and extract the bees and they get in over their head and they have to end up calling me anyways. So um, I want that to be a, a service that's in the forefront, not just an option. I want that you know, and we are a pesticide-free, insecticide-free company. So um, kind of going on the green part of it where a lot of the pest control companies are going anyway. And, uh, you know, it has helped the company. I actually, uh, I'm in the process of actually leaving the, the wildlife control company uh, industry for the most part and concentrating on just my, my bee work. So, and um, here in a very near, near future, we'll be doing strictly bee extractions. Hmm. You kind of uh, mentioned when I, w- I was um, kind of the area I wanted to go in next. Um, you, you mentioned you get called upon to put on training programs for private businesses, both in the U.S. and overseas. How did these opportunities come about? Um, actually, I think a lot of it's social media. Um, I've been very blessed and been profiled. Um, on national news and international news um, a lot here um, since 2006. I did a very large bee extraction that got a lot of media attention, and uh, my business has really flip-flopped since then, and and I do mostly bee extractions since then. Uh, That being said, social media and Facebook, Twitter, all that, that really can open the whole entire world up to you. 
and uh, I've done some bee extractions in Canada. We've consulted with uh, Pakistan and Honduras. Um, we're looking at some uh, opportunities in Victoria, Australia right now in Sri Lanka. Um, so um, I get phone calls and emails from all around the world. Um, you know, the training consulting thing, you know, people are just starting to realize the, the benefits of, of the service here. So uh, um, we're training more, probably more people in the pest control industry right now than we are in the, the wildlife control industry um, for, for that performing services. But um, a lot of people, when, when they think of me and they say bee extractions, they're, you know, the general public, when, when they say a bee, they think of stinging insects, period. Um, when you're in the industry um, as a company or an operator, that a bee is a honeybee, of course. Um, so I actually deal with all stinging insects, carpenter bees, the, the hornets, yellow jackets, honeybees, um, all, you know, I'll deal with all 30,000 species in the world here. And <clears throat> Eric, uh, you talked a little bit about comp some companies that shy away from this. You know, there are companies out there, as you know, that, that don't like stinging insect control and they might outsource it even to someone like yourself. For companies that are considering getting into this line of work, what's the right way to go about setting up these services? Um, you're right. There is a lot of companies to shy away from um, this service. And you really got to know, um, I, I guess, you know, do your research, do your do um, you know stinging insects kill more people in the United States than any other creature? So um, most of the, the species are a venomous species. So you can have an allergic reaction to a wasp, um, to a honeybee, or etc. So you have to be careful with that. Plus, when you have the liability, is your cl clients getting stung? Um, are you in a schoolyard, etc.? So you really gotta to weigh the liability issues, and and is that service something that is big in your area um you know like nest up in up north um is not as common as in the south but um i'm finding out people you have larger nests in the north believe it or not people think they grow larger in the south or in the western states but they actually grow larger in the in the northern states but they're fewer so um you get a lot more nests in the southern states than out west there um, do your research, you know, contact, as far as I know, I am actually the only guy that does training, consulting. I do ride-alongs. I will come to your company on, on site anywhere in the world and, uh, train your guys, train your managers, whatever you need, uh, to provide services. Um, but it is a, it is a very profitable service, but it can be a very time-consuming, um, service as well. So, um, a lot of guys are doing the monthly services where they're just looking at numbers. So a bee extraction, an average bee extraction, is going to be three hours. Mm. Um, you can do simple removals of, of hornet's nest or yellow jacket's nest or something like that off a tree branch or from the ground or something that's going to take you a lot less time and yield you a, a, a big profit. Now with the extractions, um, I mean, you can... You can make very good money. As myself, I've actually supplemented my income from the wildlife control industry that I've been doing and supplemented just doing 
be extractions now. And uh, Eric, you mentioned you'd gotten you received some media attention fairly recently uh, last fall for for the removal of an eight foot plus honeycomb from a wall. Uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, I, I did a uh, large, uh, and most of my extractions are pretty large anymore. Um, I did a large extraction in Hartsville, South Carolina, um, in November, and uh, people, other, there's many organizations are dubbing it as the world's largest single piece of honeycomb. Um, it was in a wall at eight feet four inches. After cut out, it was seven seven feet something, and uh, got some pictures of it and stuff. But it's the largest single piece of honeycomb ever removed from a structure um, on that. And then yesterday, I actually got a lot of national attention. I just removed um, a five foot hive um, from a structure, but it's not it wasn't the size of the hive. It was the size of the honeycomb. And uh, it's all over the, the news and newspapers today here. Uh, so I've got a lot of immediate attention over there. Um, I did a couple of the largest honeybee extractions um, in the United States uh, many years ago. And then in 2014, I actually removed, extracted the largest yellow jacket nest um, in the country without pesticides in a pop-up camper in South Carolina as well. And when working on one of these big, these, these, you know, massive honeybee removal, I mean, what, what exactly is involved in doing that? I mean, how, how is that, how does that differ from just kind of a, a, a standard job? Well, again, you got a, you know, a standard job, you know, if you're just um, taking a, a hive out of a tree or out of a, out of the ground or something like that, you need some basic equipment when you're getting into bee extractions. You know, you need a, a lot of, I don't want to say specialized tools, but you need sawzaws and buckets and a bee vacuum and stuff. But, um, again, you got to be careful of the structural um, beams. you got to plumbing, the heating, the electrical. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of things inside walls and, and joists and so forth. Uh, and one big thing a lot of companies are staying away from because the liability is height. You know, um, I get a lot of... Um, referrals from pest control companies now that they don't want to be on a 35 or 40 foot ladder. Mm. Uh, if you're performing bee extractions, you're going to be 35, 40 feet. Um, I've actually, my highest nest to date is I did a church steeple in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was at 136 feet um, wow. up there. So um, most of my bee extractions, they are on two and three story structures you know they want to they the higher they are the better off they are um and uh, if they have a flight a free flight pattern there they just they just love that um but we can actually i've extracted them from from structures to vehicles to block walls retaining walls from, from the ground um if there's a void there and and they find it ideal a a stinging insect can make a nest virtually anywhere mm. and then eric looking back at all the bee extractions that you've done are there any that are memorable that sort of stick out to you that you can share with us um the yellow jacket nest in the pop-up camper in 2014 that was a a, a very large nest that was very you know i was kind of dubbed myself as the first guy in a 
inside of a uh, a yellow jacket's nest. Um, it was inside of a pop-up camper. It involved the entire inside of it. So I actually ripped open and, and crawled inside the nest and uh, started extracting it from the inside out. Hmm. Um, that that one was pretty cool. Then I, I removed almost a thousand pounds, or about a thousand fifty pounds of honeycomb and beeswax from a church in Pennsylvania, in St. Mark's, um, Pennsylvania. Many many years ago, probably 2005, we I extracted over a thousand pounds of honeycomb from a church up there. So uh, I've done some some very large. Um, I, I, I still get excited. It's, to me, opening a, a bee extraction, opening a wall or a floor joist or something is like um, a birthday to me. Um, every time I, you know, I can catch a lot of alligators or I can catch a lot of squirrels or do, do you know, something else that I'm used to doing for the last 30 years. But every time I open that up, you don't know what they've done or how big that hive is. Um, so it's very intriguing to me still after um i've been doing the extractions for nearly 22 years now yeah and then uh switching gears a little bit eric you know there's still a lot of media attention going on about the dwindling bee population as someone who works with bees what are your thoughts on this topic what do you think is going on um from my perspective um i still deal with the, the beekeeping aspect a little bit um there is a still a large number of, of what they call die-offs from the colony collapse disorder. Um, I have not found no documented cases of that with bees within structures. So, you know, there's something going on with the beekeeping aspect of it. Is it medication or something? They say it's, it's cell phones. They say they have a lot of different theories on that. But um, from my standpoint, when I'm doing um, extractions, I do a lot of um, research when I do them. I just don't yank the bees out and get my paycheck and go. I actually study them. I video them. I do a lot of research on them. So I have not found um, any source or any indication that telling me that it's affecting any of the honeybees within structures. That being said, that's only affecting certain species of honeybees. There's, there's many species of honeybees throughout the world. Um, and, uh, so it's, it, it is most definitely a concern. Um, a lot of people say honeybees are a protected species. That's the argument that's across the United States. Um, as far as I, I'm aware of, there's no regulated protection. Um, maybe per state may have a regulation like that. Um, but it is definitely concern, um, on that bees on this earth is, uh, you know, I mean, without bees or stinging insects, there's no human, you know, human race or no human functions here. Everything would die off. So they're very, very important. And that's one of the reasons I, I do what I do. One is um, I love bees. I don't want them to die off. And second of all, I don't want um, pesticides or insecticide or, or somebody in my house trying to kill these things. Um, I hive within a house, and I just want to touch base on this here, Brad, that a hive in a house, if a if it's injected with a pesticide, if it's a large nest, all you're going to do is knock down the numbers. You're not going to kill the hive. 
if if the operator is is trained or experienced enough, he can drill holes. He could probably get that nest killed. The issue is now you have a pesticide that's active in that wall and it could stay active for many years. Two, um, that nest is going to start rotting and stinking and turning the sugar, so it's going to attract more insects, rodents. Mm. You know, so that's why all that all that stuff has to come out. I don't care if it's if it's a honeybee nest or hive or the yellow jackets nest if you treat the yellow jackets nest inside same thing you're going to have rotten bees they're going to die they're going to stink they're going to attract insects and proteins to come in and feed off that so um that that area has to be opened up and that stuff removed well, that's a really interesting stuff, and again, those are some more considerations, as we talked about before, for folks getting into this line of work, some things maybe that you don't think about, but uh, definitely uh, some important considerations. Yeah, All right. very so, yeah. Great. And Eric, the last thing uh, before I let you go here, if people want to learn more about you and the work that you do, uh, what, are some, what are some sources and how can they contact you? Um, my website still want to work great and being worked on right now. That is charlestonbcontrol.com. Um, the best way to contact me is my cell phone, 843-819-3330. My email is mccoolswildlife at yahoo.com. And uh, Facebook is probably the best way. I have the life of Critter McCool, and uh, I'm also the founder of the International Bee Extraction, which has a Facebook group um, that where there's many members on there that we can share ideas and thoughts and, and different things about extractions on there. So uh, Facebook, Critter McCool, um, or uh, email me or contact me on my cell phone. Great. All right. Well, and that'll do it for today's podcast. But uh, I want to, again, uh, thank Eric for joining me. And for our readers out there, again, to learn more about Eric, we'll also have him profiled in the upcoming May issue of PCT Magazine. Um, and that'll be out soon. And you can also uh, read the article. You'll also be able to read the article online once it goes live at www.pctonline.com. Thanks for listening to today's podcast and have a great day.